Well, it's a great privilege today to say that we as a church every year celebrate National Women's Ministries Day. That day is set as the last Sunday of February. Sometimes we have to adjust the day we celebrate it because of other things that are going on, but not this year. And um, I was kind of joking. I said, you know, women get two days a year. They get National Women's Ministries Day and then Mother's Day. But that's okay because we men are so strong. Father's Day does it for us. But anyway, but we, uh, we love the women of our church. We're very proud of the women of our church. They're very, very active in a number of ways. And if you've not been part of the women's ministries, you'll want to check that out. They have a Tuesday morning meeting. They have... Uh, an under 50 women's fellowship that's just started up. There's other activities that they have. And um, we want to support them in every way we can. Today, because of National Women's Ministries Day, or in light of National Women's Ministries Day, the message is going to be brought by my wife, Pastor Jan. And I could just stand up here and say, well, y'all know Pastor Jan and you know all about her. And that would be true for a lot of you in this room. But we've got a lot of new people. We've got people that are watching online So I just want to say a couple of words, Uh, Pastor Jan. We've been married 40 years, be 41 coming up in May, and um, I know her better than anybody except God. She's been involved in a lot of different ministries throughout her life. I mean, she's only 32, even though we've been married 40 years. Um, But she's been involved in children's ministries and youth ministries, and she's made a number of missions trips around the world, does that every couple of years. God leads her to different places. She is currently working with our young people, and she has an online ministry to pastor's wives and does a lot of personal one-on-one ministry to them in particular, uh, as well as the women of our church. And uh, I'm just very proud of my wife. I'm just going to say that, you know, say I'm prejudiced, and that's true. But of all the things that she's ever done and all the things that she may be known for or whatever, the the thing that I know her most for is that she loves God with all of her heart, soul, mind, and strength, and she loves people. And she wants to see people's lives change uh, the way God wants to change them. So, Pastor Jan, baby, come on up and bring God's words today. As always, it's a great joy to be able to bring the word of God, and I'm so honored that my husband trusts me in his pulpit. He doesn't trust it to just anybody because he wants to make sure that whatever is represented from this pulpit is the Word of God. He's already said it is National Women's Ministries Day, so I want to um, tell you that as a women's ministries, we our missions project is called Touch the World. We have committed $1,000 for 2022 to help missionaries touch the world. And if you want to give towards that, you can put an offering and market, uh, touch the world in the black box on the back wall. You can give online, however you want to give it, but help us touch the world through women's ministries. Amen? All right, I want to pray, and then I'm going to jump right in. Father God, I step back. In the name of Jesus. And I ask you, Holy Spirit of God, to come in and speak through me. May every word that I speak come from your throne room. Help me to say every word you would have me say. Not one more or one less. God, I pray you would touch every hearer. And God, challenge us today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Well, it's so good to see all of you here today. Such a joy to be able to talk about something fun today. 
I don't know if y'all remember, but the last time I spoke was our family series back in September, and I spoke on um, abuse. I don't need to tell you that was not a fun sermon to prepare for. It was very difficult and hard, but I know it was a timely word. But today, I'm going to bring you a message called Secrets of a Joy-Filled Life. 1 Thessalonians 16 says, Always be joyful, never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you to those who belong to Christ Jesus. Always be joyful. Well, if the word of God says always be joyful, my friend, that means we can be joyful in all circumstances, right? So, what are the secrets to a joy-filled life? Number one, if you're taking notes, and I hope you are. Number one, fix your thought life. Fix your thought life. Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 6, I'm going to have to lay this down, there's shadows. There we go. I couldn't really see my notes. <laughs> Sorry about that. Philippians 4, 8 says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts. Whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, think on these things. Many years ago, Joyce Meyer wrote a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. My friend, she nailed it with that book because our greatest battle is right here. The thoughts we think, the things that people have said to us, it, it, it's a battle. We're always battling right there. The enemy fights us with our thoughts. We fight ourselves with our own thoughts and the thoughts that people, we think about things that people have said to us and tried to bring us down. But we have to purposely choose that we are going to fix our thought life. Did you know that circus trainers train baby elephants by putting a chain around their leg and then they, post, they put it on a little metal post in the ground? And that's how they train a baby elephant. So when that baby elephant tries to get away and it pulls and its leg won't move, it realizes, I can't go anywhere. And as that elephant gets bigger and bigger and bigger, they continue to keep that chain on the elephant's leg with this little bitty post in the ground. Well, how many of you know that as the elephant gets bigger and stronger, all it would take is one little jerk of the leg and that post would set him free? But because all he has ever known is being tied to that chain and he stays right where they want him to stay because he believes he can't get away. Why am I telling you this? We have chains that hold us back. Maybe your mama said to you when you were growing up, you will never amount to anything. Maybe someone else told you. You'll be lucky if you get a job at McDonald's. Oh, you are lazy. You're sorry. You're good for nothing. And those chains bind us. And we feel like, oh, I can't do anything. I probably can't even get a job at McDonald's. But I'm here to tell you today, sweet woman of God, 
man of God, young person, boy or girl of God. It is a lie from the pit of hell. All it takes is one jerk and say no in the name of Jesus. I will fix my thoughts. I am who God says I am. So we've got to fix your thoughts. Number two, change the way you think. You've got to change the way you think. Romans 12, 2 says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. If God's word says change the way you think, my friend, then we can change the way we think. You've probably heard the old saying, birds of a feather flock together. It's so, so true. Choose wisely who you spend time with because whoever you spend time with will affect how you respond, how you act, how you become as a person. And can I tell you, it's not just the people around you that are influencing you. It's the music you listen to. Oh, wait a minute, Pastor Jan. You're trying to say I can't listen to certain music? What I'm telling you is be careful that you listen to music that lifts you up and doesn't bring you down. I'm going to go a little deeper. Be careful what you watch on TV, on YouTube, on... uh, 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 Come on, youth, what do y'all watch all the time? TikTok. Thank you. I couldn't think of TikTok. I know what it is. Am I telling you, you can't watch YouTube, you can't watch TV, you can't watch TikTok? No. But what I am saying is guard what you allow to come in here. Because what you allow to come in here goes down in here and will eventually come out here. Let me give you an example from my own life. Many of you know I love the country of Africa. I've been there twice, and anything I can watch about Africa, I'm all about that. And I was watching a TV show that was all about the animals in Africa and this family and how they took care of them. I love that show. I was enjoying it so, so much. But then all of a sudden, I noticed I was picking up a negative attitude. Anybody ever gotten a negative attitude besides me? (laughs) Thank you for laughing. I know that means you have. I begin to pick up a little bit of a negative attitude. I begin to nitpick other people. They didn't know it, but in my mind. I begin to nitpick every little situation around me. And I'm like, Lord Jesus, what has happened to me? Why am I getting so negative? God, what is influencing me? And he spoke to my heart and he said, that's that Africa show. Because there was a person on there that every single show, she was very negative and always picking on situations and picking on people. And I'm telling you, it got on me. So I continued to watch the show. No, I did not. I immediately said, okay, Lord, as much as I love that show, I'm done. I'm done because I want to purposely fix my thoughts. I want to purposely guard what I allow in my mind, in my ear gate, because whatever is coming in here is going down into my heart and will come out my mouth. Even if we don't, my amen corner right here, thank you. Even if we don't want to be affected by other people in other situations, we will be. So guard who you spend time with, what you watch, what you listen to, because it will very much 
affect you and you will not be able to change the way you think if you constantly feed yuck to your mind. Proverbs 23, 7 says, As a person thinks in his heart, so is he. If you are always thinking negative thoughts, you will become a negative person. If you are always just feeding yourself just on negativity, you can't help but to become negative. But when you replace those thoughts with godly thoughts, with positive thoughts, that's what will affect you. Research says that the average person thinks over 6,000 different thoughts every day. Your thoughts will either help you or hinder you. Your thoughts will either draw you closer to what God has for your life or will take you further away from what he has for you. Let me give you an example from the Bible. David and Goliath. Many of you know the story. The Israelites were facing the giant, the Philistines, and the giant Goliath. And everybody was shaking in their boots. Oh, he's so big. He's so strong. He's so mean. He's so ugly. He's going to kill us. That's what everybody was thinking. And David's daddy told him, hey, take some cheese and some food to your brothers. Because, see, they didn't see David as a warrior. He was just a pee, little peon, just a little teenage boy. They just saw him as, you know, he can't do anything. So go take food to your brothers. And he went to take food to his brothers. And he heard this giant up there proclaiming all these great and mighty things. I'm going to destroy you. You are going to serve us. And they're like, oh, I can't do it. But then David says, I I'll fight him. And I know his brothers were probably like, are you kidding me? You're just a little teenage boy. What do you know? Well, I'm here to declare to you today, teenage boys, God wants to use you. God wants to use you in great and mighty ways. And he's telling you it's time to rise up and be the amazing, mighty young man of God that he's called you to be. You got to feed your thoughts on God. I am who you say I am. I won't listen to the lies of the enemy. I won't feed my mind on the things that others have said that are negative. I will be what God has called me to be. I will do what God has called me to do. How did David do that? He went to Saul and he said, King Saul, I want to fight your giant. And I can imagine he's thinking the same thing. Are you kidding me? Well, what will it hurt? One little boy is going to get killed today. It's okay. We'll just let him get killed if, he, if he's that crazy. And Saul told him, here, wear my armor. And Saul's a big man. And the armor just covered him. And he just like, couldn't even hardly walk. And he said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to wear your armor. I'm good. He picked up five smooth stones. And when he walked out there to face that giant... And that giant's telling him, <laughs> what, you're going to come at me like a little puppy shaking a bone? I'm going to knock you out today. And David said, I come in the strength of the Lord. See, what David did is he purposely set his mind on what God had already done through him. He remembered when a lion came to attack his sheep. David was a shepherd boy. God gave him the strength to kill that lion. When a bear came, God gave him the strength to kill the bear. And he said, God, if you did it then, you will do it now. Somebody needs that word today. 
So he took that little stone and he slung it. And as soon, you know what happened. It hit him in the forehead and the giant fell backwards and David went and climbed on top of him and he's probably going, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And he took that giant sword and I believe he chopped off his head. Hello? Y'all, you got to place your focus on who God says you are. Quit believing, I can't do that. I'm too shy. I can't, I can't go on the platform. Oh, I'm scared of people. Well, it's time to rise up. If God wants you to ever come up on the platform, get over your sweet little self and come in the strength of the Lord. Hallelujah. I believe God uses every situation in your life to prepare you for the next situation. That's what David did. He started out as that little shepherd boy. And he remembered, God, you helped me, as I've already said, you helped me kill the lion and the bear. I don't have to be afraid because, God, you are going with me. Instead of listening to those lies, my friend, instead of telling yourself lies, purposely place your focus. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Don't be anxious about anything. You can trust God. But I want to tell you another story. One day, there was a farmer working on his farm, and he came across this egg, and it wasn't in the, the, over by the chickens, and he picked it up carefully, and he placed it underneath one of his laying hens with her other eggs. And she kept it warm, and she treated it like it was her very own baby chick. And one day that egg cracked open, and it was a little eagle, a little eaglet. And the other baby chicks came open, and... She said, well, you know, this is my baby. He's going to be a chicken. I'm a chicken. He's going to be a chicken. And she raised that little eagle like her other baby chicks. She raised him like a chicken. That little eagle, although he was big, and his little brothers and sister chickens would be like, you're weird. You're not like the rest of us. But I guess you're a chicken. And that's okay. He learned how to peck around and get worms. But I can't help but to think that that eagle was thinking, these worms just aren't filling me up. These worms, I I, I desire something better than this. And he's eating chicken feed, and I think he's thinking, this chicken feed's okay, but man, wouldn't I love to have a big old fish? And he's probably thinking, why am I thinking that? I'm a chicken. And one day... This little eagle looked up in the sky and this huge thing was flying in the sky and he said to his little chicken brothers and sisters, what is that? And they said, oh, that's the king of the sky. That's an eagle. And the little little eaglet said, oh, that I could fly and soar across the sky like that. And those little chickens says, are you crazy? You're nothing but a chicken. You're meant for the low life. You can't fly any higher than a little bit above the ground. All you'll ever do is be a chicken because you are a chicken. And there's two endings to this story. 
The first ending, that little eaglet grew up and lived to be a chicken his whole life. All he ever did was just peck around on the ground and look up and wish he could be like that eagle in the sky. He died like a chicken. But let me tell you the second ending. That little eagle eagle decided, you may tell me I'm a chicken. You may tell me I can't soar. But there's something on the inside of me that tells me there is more. I want more, I want more, I want more. And that little eagle began to just move its wings and it began to flutter a little bit. And every day as it did it more and more and more, that eagle one day began to fly up into the sky and soar. Come on, somebody. God is calling you to begin to spread your wings. Young people, God wants you to spread your wings. You are more than enough in Christ Jesus. Whatever he's called you to, he is going to help you to do it you are more than enough some of you women and men you have listened to the lies of the enemy some of you maybe you're 50 60 70 80 years old and you're still living the life of a low-level chicken when God has more for you you are never too old to change you are never too old to be used of God Don't be a chicken. Begin to move those wings and trust God purposely. Place your... I'm jumping ahead. Purposely change the way you think. Research indicates that we have over 6,000 different thoughts every single day. Your thoughts are either going to help you become all that God wants you to be or they're going to push you away. I'm telling you, your thoughts are so powerful. Your thoughts can make it or break it for you. Remember the scripture? As you think you are, so you will be. Number three. I only have ten points. Just kidding, I only have three. Three. (laughs) And then a couple sub points. Number three, purposely place your focus when we continually focus on the negative the bad things that happen in our lives it sets us up for depression and we find ourselves feeling stuck but i'm not saying we should pretend that evil doesn't exist i'm not saying we should sweep things under the rug because things do happen evil happens in this world Oh, it is so obvious evil is bad and it happens all the time. Bad things happen to good people. We can't sweep it under the rug and say, oh, it doesn't exist. I'm just going to think positive. No, it does exist. But we've got to be like David. We've got to place our trust in God Almighty. We've got to remember where to focus. When David faced that giant, he probably at first was like, okay, God, I don't know what to do. He is like so stinking big and I'm so little. But God, I trust you. I trust you. David focused on God, not on himself. Instead of telling everybody how big the giant was like everybody else was doing, he told the giant how big his God is.
How do we apply these things to our lives? Number one, my subpoints. When a negative thought comes into your mind that doesn't really involve you, simply replace it with a good thought. Let me give you an example. Well, you know, I don't really like this new song they're doing this morning in worship. Mm, I just don't like it. I don't know why Nathaniel picked that. Now, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands if you've ever had that thought about a song we sing. But I'm going to tell you how you can replace that thought. You know what, God? Worship is about you. It's not about me. And Lord, that song is bringing glory and honor to you. So, you know what? I'm going to sing glory and honor to you. Even if it's not my style, it's okay. Because God, if it pleases you, that's all that matters. That's all that matters. Second one, when a negative thought comes into your mind about a situation that does involve you, you've got to choose like David. You've got to choose to focus on God and ask for his wisdom and direction. Refuse to regurgitate over and over and over like a cow chews cud, just constantly just... Letting all the negative things go on and on in your mind. Oh, but Pastor Jan, you don't know what he did to me. You don't know what they said. You don't know my, what my job did. You don't understand. What I do understand is you need to say, God, I don't like this. I don't understand it, but I trust you. God, give me wisdom. Show me what to do. Show me how to deal with this situation. And quit mulling it over and over and over and over in your mind because it will bring you down. It will destroy you. It will mess with you. And it's not going to help you. You've got to focus. God, what would you have me do? How do I face these circumstances? What is your will in this situation? And God, what do you want me to learn from this? Teach me, God. Because remember I said, every situation we go through prepares us for our future situations. I'll never forget my first day in seventh grade, I walked into an all-black classroom. Everybody in the room was African-American. My teacher was African-American. And I was 70 pounds, little skinny, white, red-headed, freckle-faced girl, and I stood out in the class just saying. I walked in, I introduced myself to the teacher, and she said, go have a seat right over there. And I'm not going to say the girl's name because the internet's crazy and you never know. And I'm not mad at this girl anymore. But I will say Susie. I went and sat down behind Susie. And she got up, went to the pencil sharpener, sharpened her pencil as sharp as she could get it. She came and sat down and she looked back at me and said, I don't want no stinking white honky sitting behind me. And jabbed me in the leg with that pencil and broke the lead off in my leg. Whew. So... Not being too wise, because I was only in seventh grade, 12 years old, I walked up to my black teacher and I said, that girl just jabbed her pencil in my leg and broke it off in my leg. And the teacher said, go sit down. I thought, oh, great. My teacher's prejudiced. All these kids are prejudiced. Now that I'm older, I realize the teacher was not prejudiced. She was saving my hide. Because if she had made an issue over it, I'd have been jumped after school. You see what I'm saying? Why am I telling you this? 
because I believe with all of my heart. I had to make a choice. Being in that classroom, if I was going to have friends, I had to get over myself being white. They had to get over me being white. And we had to learn we're just people with a different skin color. The girl that jabbed me with the pencil became one of my friends eventually. Not, Not quickly, but eventually. And I became so close to some of those kids in that classroom. Well, you see, when I was seven years old, I felt that God spoke to my heart and said I would go to Africa. I thought I would live my whole life in Africa as an adult, as a missionary. That was not the call God had on my life. The call he had on my life, I've been to Africa twice and I hope to go back again someday. But he had on my life was a multicultural ministry. That I would be comfortable with the darker skinned people. I would be comfortable with Hispanic people. I would be comfortable with Asian people. Whoever God brings into my life, I will love them. I will care about them because it's not about this skin color. It's about people. God has called us to love people. And I'm so grateful that God has given us a church with over 22 different nationalities. I love our church. I like to say it's a little touch of heaven. Hallelujah. And I believe in seventh grade, God used that circumstance to prepare me for the ministry I've been in as an adult. I believe that circumstances you go through, you can feel sorry for yourself. Oh, poor pitiful me. Woe is me. Or you can say, God, what do you want me to learn? Teach me. Teach me. Give me a love for that person. God, help me to see that person that is getting on my last nerve through your eyes of love. Because no matter how bad a person is, God wants their soul. God wants them to know. And my friend, if you're watching online today and you're saying, well, I'm too, I, I'm too messed up. I could never give my life to God. My friend, you're wrong. There is nothing that can separate you from the love of God if you will choose to surrender your heart and life to him. That message is for every one of us in this room. If you're sitting here today and you would say, I've not surrendered my life to Jesus, I want to tell you something. Today is the day of salvation. And God wants to help you. But the Bible also tells us we've got to count the cost. Being a believer is not just like, oh, it's so easy. Because sometimes it would be easy to, in my flesh to say, eh, you know what I'm saying? But as a believer, when we walk in obedience to God's word, God shows us how we are to behave. How we are to respond. And he gives us peace even in dark times. The secret is repetition and consistency. We must choose to be consistent with our thought life. Choosing to think about what God wants us to think about. Believing that you are who God says you are. Who does God say that we are? Come on up, worship team. Who am I? I am a new creature in Christ. According to 2 Corinthians 5.17. I am a child of God. John 1.12. I am no longer a slave to sin. Romans 6.6. 6. 
I am not condemned by God. Romans 8, 1. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 3, 16 and chapter 6, verse 19. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Galatians 5, 1 says, I am free in Christ. Ephesians 1, 7 says, I am redeemed and forgiven. Ephesians 3.12 says, I have boldness and confident access to God through faith in Christ. Philippians 4.7 says, I have the peace of God. Philippians 4.19 says, I have what I need. God loves me and he's chosen me. 1 Thessalonians 1.4 My friend, I'm here to tell you today. God knows you by name. He knows what you're facing. He knows what you're going through. He knows about your checkbook and the lack thereof of what's in the bank account. He knows about the relationship situations. And God cares about every situation you are facing. God loves you so much. And he desires to help you. But it all begins when we recognize and realize that we're sinners in need of a Savior. When we recognize that and we tell God, God, I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me of my sins? Would you come in and be the Lord of my life? And as he does that, that's when change comes. But we have to purposely walk in obedience. When he comes in, we're walking this way towards the things of the world, doing things that please the world. But when Jesus comes in, we choose to go the other direction. God, I love you. Lord, I'm going to praise you. And by your grace, by your strength, I'm going to be everything you have for me. Young people, God knows about the school stuff you're going through. Maybe you're struggling with algebra, English, geometry, whatever it is. God cares about everything. And that's what I love about my father. I can talk to him about everything. I trust him. Would you stand to your feet? I don't know what you're facing this morning, but God does. And I just... I'm going to ask our elders and Pastor Tim to go ahead and come down here, be ready to pray with people. But I just want to open up this altar area. And I just want to encourage you. If you are struggling with a situation in your life, this altar is open. And in just a moment, our worship team's going to begin singing softly. Let's make this a house of prayer. Nothing is too difficult for God. Would y'all just begin to sing? Come on down. Let one of our elders or pastors pray with you. God wants to move in your situation. Hallelujah. Your name is now, your name.
speak the name of Jesus. Demons in hell tremble. There is power in the name of Jesus. Somebody here today is questioning. I don't know, Pastor Jen. I don't know if God is really real. But I want to tell you, my friend, he is real and he loves you and he's speaking to your heart right now. Won't you surrender to him? Won't you trust him? Can we just sing that chorus one more time, Nathaniel? Because your name is power. Yes. Your name is healing. Your name is life. Come on, oh, yeah. break every stronghold. Break every stronghold. Shine through the shadows. picture this morning that baby elephant that grew up and it was holding on to that chain and this morning you need to break that chain in the name of Jesus don't let nothing hold you back I want you to physically if that is you I want you to jerk your leg and say no devil not today in the name of Jesus not ever I am free he has broken every stronghold off of me I speak the name of Jesus over my life over my family, over my situation. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. One more time and we're done. Hallelujah. Oh, we worship you, Jesus. And shout Jesus from the mountains. And Jesus in the streets. And Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my
Hallelujah. 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 Somebody raise some praise in the house. Oh, your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life, oh God. Thank you, Lord. God, I speak blessings over everyone on the sound of my voice. Lord, I just pray, God, that you would go with us and that we would take this word with us and not just say, oh, it was a good word, but God, it was a God word. We will take it with us and we will put it into practice. We will choose our thoughts. We will fix our thoughts. We will be who you've called us to be in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And everybody said, amen and amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Shout!